Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. I'm the host this podcast, Lane Frank. We're in episode 113. It's through 113 episodes through an action-packed episode plan for you. This is March, everybody. You know what that means. The best month of year for college basketball, March Madness. We're going to be giving our conference tournament picks this episode, and obviously March Madness picks next episode. Stay tuned for that. So, college basketball, lots of stuff going on there right now. NBA, we had a great week. Damon Lillard had 71 points. NFL, XFL, stay tuned for an action-packed episode 113. Let's hop into it. Let's start out episode 113. How we always do with the headlines in the NBA. Damian Lillard, Dame Dalla, dropped 71 points. 71 points against the Houston Rockets. He had 41 at halftime, dropped 71. This is a game without Yusuf Nurkic, without Anthony Simons. Damian Lillard shows that he's a true, amazing guard in the NBA. Just get him a championship. That's all I'm saying right here. I think Damian Lillard likes it still. I think if he was on a super team, he wouldn't be able to do this. I think he likes going off every night, being kind of his own person. If he was around more superstars, he couldn't really be his own type of player. So Damian Lillard, 71 points. I think he just wants to bring a championship to Portland on his own, carry a team, kind of like how Giannis Antetokounmpo did, carry the Milwaukee Bucks to the championship in 2021. Damian Lillard, 71 points. The New York Knicks, they're rolling, everybody. 6-0 since Josh Hart was acquired. You get the great win against New Orleans Pelicans. Three players went over 20 points, and then you torched the Boston Celtics, without Jalen Brown, but still, torching the almost invincible Boston Celtics, what a game that was by New York Knicks. Tom Thibodeau looking great, Jalen Brunson looking great, Josh Hart looking great, and Julius Randle always playing great right now. New squad, interesting stuff going on. Let's see if they can keep it going. Are they a dark horse to win the Easter Conference? I'll put that out in the Squared Sports Instagram. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. LeBron James, everybody, got hurt against the Dallas Mavericks. He says, oh, I heard a pop. Still played the rest of the game, still won the game, still dripped the game-winning play. As you can see in the huddle, as he was mic'd up. But he's going to be out a few weeks. This is torch. I mean, this is very bad for the Lakers, in my opinion. Let's see how these young guys can step up, these role players. Because this has happened before with the Los Angeles Lakers, where LeBron James has gone out. Say, the 2021 season, the two-seed in the Western Conference, then he gets hurt against the Atlanta Hawks, and the whole season goes haywire from there, and he loses in the first round to the Phoenix Suns. So this could be interesting right here. How do they respond? Because this is a completely different Lakers squad than that was from about two years ago. Now you got guys like Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, a few other players in there. So this will be interesting to see how it goes with the Los Angeles Lakers, with LeBron James being out for extended period of time. LaMelo Ball broke his ankle. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. This is just the tip of the cap, tip of the iceberg for a very bad Charlotte Hornets season. We're going to be talking about them later on in the episode. KD's going up against them in his Phoenix Suns debut on Wednesday, so he'll have made it by the time this episode releases. But let's see how he does. Charlotte Hornets maybe get torched by Phoenix Suns because you're going to have Devin Booker, you're going to have Chris Paul, and you're going to have Kevin Durant all in that same lap. That's going to be deadly, deadly for the Charlotte Hornets to deal with. In my opinion, Quinn Snyder got hired by Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, a fire mate in McMillan. And they're going to go out and grab Quinn Snyder. There's talks by Emo Daka. But Quinn Snyder, he's been in coach of the year before. Led teams to the number one seed in the Western Conference. This is a good hire, in my opinion. Knows how to deal with guards. Dov Mitchell, for example. Knows how to deal with big men. Clint Capella. Rudy Gobert. This is a great hire, in my opinion, by the Atlanta Hawks. They hire Quinn Snyder. Kevin Durant, we just talked about him. But the last thing I want to talk about here in the headlines in the NBA is the Clippers-Kings game on Friday night. 176 points. 176 points. That's how many the Kings scored in that game. Not total. That's how many the Kings scored in that game. That is so many. Second most of all time total score in a game. It was 176 to 175. Goes to double overtime. Now there's talks about having, oh, a target score in overtime. Target score in this. I don't care. Who cares about low management? Who cares if Kawhi Leonard plays over 30 minutes a game? I don't care. I love it. Great for the sport of basketball. To have these long games, in my opinion, it's more interesting. That was a fun game out in L.A., Clippers, 
lost to the Kings. This Kings team showing some grit right now. Let's move to the NFL. We have some interesting free agency and combine news. The combine starts today, the uh, release Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I have a question they come about that at the end of the episode. But we've seen some people go off the combine and change their draft stock. Say Trayvon Walker last year. He was about a mid-first round, maybe late first round, maybe even early second round pick going into the combine, and then he ends up being number one. Another guy who could be an example of this is Josh Rosen. He had a really bad combine, really slipped down in the draft ranks, fell down number 10, and he could have been number one because he had a bad combine. So say for the pocket passers, non-mobile QBs, the combine can hurt you. For the Anthony Richardsons, the Will Levises, this will absolutely boost their stock so much. That's why I think they're doing it. Anthony Richardson can run a 4-3, 40-yard dash, and they can also throw a ball 80 yards. So that's going to be on display this week, in my opinion, out in Indianapolis for the combine. Talk about the 40-yard dash. So we'll break John Ross's record. Titans this week, new GM, obviously not a new coach. Mike Vrabel's still there. But they said, we're going to stick it out, Ryan Tannehill. And I'm not so sure I like the decision. Why not go out, try to get Aaron Rodgers? Why not go out, try to get that number one overall pick, ship Malik Wilson off somewhere else? That's not the worst idea, in my opinion. Or... I also saw gang Lamar Jackson. What about offensive Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry? That sounds lethal to me. Last news in the NFL right here. The Dolphins are yet to pick up Tutang Velo's fifth-year option. That's the thing to look out for right there. Obviously, he can torture you if you don't pick up that fifth-year option. Say for Josh Jacobs and Daniel Jones. Raiders and Giants are looking to re-sign those guys, even though they didn't pick up their fifth-year option a year ago. So that's interesting right there. Last thing in the headlines, MLB spring training off to a great start. Obviously, new rules. I like it, everybody. Spring training off to a good start. Getting to see guys before they go off to the World Baseball Classic. A few other players, minor league players. Good stuff so far in MLB. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's power for the headlines this week. All right, so obviously Squared Sports Game Day is done, and I'm not picking the XFL. XFL looks obviously horrible right now, in my opinion. Kind of just like a medium football league. Not really extreme, not really exciting. I'm not watching the XFL. Don't even make me. So we're not going to pick XFL. We're going to go back Take the Week. We did last week, bringing it back this week. This week, Take the Week. Still MLB, like we did in the headlines, like it was last week. I think it's awesome that the games are short because it's been like this in the minor leagues for about a few years. I can go to a minor league baseball game and be out of there in two and a half hours. I can, and that's maybe max. I can go to an MLB game and be out of there in maybe three and a half hours, three hours, 45 minutes, and that might be a little bit of a minimum. So obviously, I like how these games are getting shorter. I saw a game ended at two hours and four minutes the other day. That's good for baseball. Producer Jordan behind the scenes brought up a good point how it might impact concessions, all that stuff with the games being shorter, but I like it. Baseball needs to be shorter. I like how they're doing it right now. A lot of people like to say, oh, it should be like tennis, not really expand from their bubble. Baseball should try to stick with their fans, stick with their fan group, not change the rules. They're not doing that right now. They're sticking out of their fan group. They're trying to get more fans. I think that's great for the game right now. MLB games starting to become shorter, but obviously there's going to be issues with it. We see counts starting out 0-1, 1-1. A lot of other funny stuff going on in spring training right now. I saw a game today where they want to play the bottom of the ninth, even though the game was usually over by MLB rules. But umpires left the field. It's a good opportunity for players to hit. I think it was Pirates and Cardinals. So good opportunity for players to hit. They said, all right, let's just play the bomb in the ninth, even though nothing to play for. They still did it. No umpires. That was an interesting thing right there. But I like how the games are shorter right now. Leave thoughts on that in the comments section. What do you think the new MLB rule changes? Okay, now top five. This week's top five is we're entering a new MLB season. I'm not going to do top five MLB teams. I'm going to do top five MLB players. So most of these guys are going to be doing the World Baseball Classic, a few other things going into the season. So I'm really excited to see that. These are the top five MLB players heading into the 2023 MLB season. Number five, and this one might be a little controversial, Bryce Harper. You can say MLB.com has him at 17. How do you have him at number five? Because he won 2021 NL MVP, and he probably could have won it last year if he didn't break his thumb and missed about from June 
to August, and they still had a rampage, still clinched a World Series appearance for them, winning that home run against San Diego Padres to win NLCS for them. Bryce Harper, clutch. You can say all you want about him. He's not overrated, in my opinion. Number five, Bryce Harper. Number four, Aaron Judge. The hitting can disappear in that show in the playoffs, but obviously you still hit 61 home runs. Number four, Aaron Judge. Elite player, but I think the other guys above him are a little bit more consistent. Number three, Mookie Betts. He's not going to hit as many home runs as Judge. He can hit 45 home runs, but he can also get way more doubles, way higher than average, way more clutch, way more consistent. I like this right here. Mookie Betts, number three. Number two, Mike Trout. Mike Trout, can't doubt it. If he's healthy, he's the best player on the planet over Shohei Otani, in my opinion. Shohei Otani is number one because of last season, because of past seasons he's had. Winning MVP in 2021, could have been a co-MVP in 2022, but Mike Trout still Top of this game, in my opinion, when he's healthy. He could be healthy, one of the best players in baseball, if not the best. Number two, Mike Trout. Number one, Shohei Otani. And this is what ridiculous is about baseball. That you can have the two best players in the game, currently. Two best players in the game currently are Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, in my opinion. It could still be below average. That's how different baseball is from all the rest of sports. If you have Giannis and LeBron on the same team, you're going to win. So many games. You have Giannis, Kevin Durant on the same team, you're going to win a lot of games. Let's say Kevin Durant... Stephen Curry, they won a lot of games together, but Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, they aren't winning games together because either healthy or one of them can go 0 for 4 in a night because that's how baseball works, and then the pitching's default. So that's the interesting thing about baseball right there. I'm interested to see how Shohei Otani does in the World Baseball Classic for Japan against this more top level. It's going to be interesting. Going up against Dominican Republic, is he going to hit some games, get pitch some games? I'm really excited to see that with Shohei Otani. That's about for Top 5 this week. Now, did you know this? You can stay you know. It's a fun one. It's also close to me because it deals with Michigan football. Did you know Michigan football in their eight home games this season, obviously they sell over 100,000 tickets a game, had over 800,000 tickets sold. And the Oakland Athletics, baseball team, smaller stadium, they played 81 games at home and they couldn't even break that. They had 100,000 less than Michigan football did in about eight games. Oakland A's had 81 games to break that record. Did you know that? Leave down in the comment section. That's the did you know for this week. College Troops March Madness. It's March Madness now, but I can do my College Troops March Madness slogan now. Let's hop into it. Squared Sports first College Troops March Madness of 2023. We obviously have conference tournaments starting this week. I'm so excited, College Basketball. We got to run through what happened last week in College Basketball. I want to start out with my Michigan Wolverines. What a game that was on Sunday versus Wisconsin. For all fans, for a College Basketball fan, if you had to show somebody a College Basketball game to get them to like College Basketball, that's a game you would show them because it was back and forth and then Michigan pulls away. Then Wisconsin comes back. Seems like it's over. Then you have a center pull three from about the logo to tie it. Go to overtime. Michigan wins in overtime on senior day. What a great win that was for my Wolverines. UCLA went up against Colorado, really a lackluster Colorado team. And they almost got upset. So this shows vulnerability in the team. We can still pull away late. You win 70-66. I like that game by UCLA to pull away at that when you were losing in the beginning. Alabama had an interesting week. Obviously, the Brandon Miller stuff, almost losing to South Carolina. And then you go up against Arkansas and you're getting the doors beat off you at home. And then you come back to win it. Almost blew at the end. Ricky Council got shot off at the end, even though probably should have never even got that shot off because you're up at eight with about 30 seconds. That shot could have been for a tie. But interesting game right there by Alabama. This team's resilient. I want to see how they do, but I do have some worries. This could be the, this year's version of last year's Arizona team. Last year's Arizona team seemed like they had no weaknesses. They were the best team in the country. They were so amazing. They were going to win the national championship. And then they get upset by a tough team in the Street 16 in Houston. So that might just happen with Alabama this year. Brandon Miller, Great game against South Carolina. Great game against Arkansas. He's the best 
player in college basketball. Purdue, struggling right now. Zach Eady at one point was the best player in college basketball. Now that crown goes to Brandon Miller. Really struggling right now. Purdue, let's see how they do in the Big Ten tournament against these top-tier teams in the Big Ten. Kentucky, everybody, they're just still playing great. You get good wins against Tennessee, good wins against A&M. You're fighting for that two-seed right now in the SEC, right behind A&M. Obviously, Alabama still the number one spot, but I want to see how Kentucky does in the SEC tournament against Alabama or any of these other teams. SEC is silently stacked, in my opinion. Even LSU, the worst team in the SEC, still has some talent. AM has some talent. Mississippi State has some talent. Tennessee, Kentucky, can't doubt these teams out. In my opinion, Alabama, of course, at the top. Arizona State had a half-court buzzer to beat Top five Arizona, what a game that was. Desmond Cambridge might have just sealed and still played tournament spot for the Sun Devils. Arizona State would have won that was. Gonzaga, I think they almost claimed the regular season title in the West Coast Conference over St. Mary's. Avenging the loss earlier in the season. That's a great win for right there. Gonzaga gets a win over St. Mary's. And Texas, struggling right now. Got a loss to Baylor. I want to see how they do for the rest of the season. But let me draw an interesting comparison right here. Past national champions have come out of the Big 12. Last year was Kansas. Kansas, you know, they had a good regular season, but they had some bumps in the way. They lost to a Baylor team by 10 their last game in February. That was Texas' last game in February, and they lost by 10. Kansas obviously wanted to win the Big 12 tournament. Let's see if Texas can do the same, win the National Championship. Texas really look like a complete team in the country right now. Let's see if they can win the National Championship or the Big 12 tournament, because NCAA kind of runs through the Big 12 right now. Let's see how that goes. Now, let's pick the conference tournaments. Top six conferences in college basketball are the Big 10, the Big East, the SEC, the ACC, and of course, the Big 12. So, let's hop into it. A little bit different in college football. You have the Power 5. In college football, you have the Power 6 in college basketball, adding the Big East in there. And Big East is stacked this year. You got teams like UConn, Xavier, Creighton, Providence, UConn. A lot of teams going crazy in the Big East right now, but you could also have a shocker in there. A few years ago, we shot Georgetown. Can't be a shocker and win that Big East. So, let's hop into it. First conference we're going to be picking right here, the Big 10. Big 10 is a little bit like cannibalism in my opinion, because there's so many good teams, but they all beat up on each other because how much they play, how many good teams there are, and how many times they lose. So they can obviously do one in the NCAA tournament. Past two years haven't been great since the NCAA tournament. Kind of like Michigan being their really good hope for the NCAA tournament past two years, making it the farthest past two years. But who wins the Big Ten? This is not a biased pick. This is a regular pick that I think a lot of people should be making because it's a very underrated pick. Yes, I love Michigan. Yes, they're my favorite team. But I really do think that they win the Big Ten. Hunter Dickinson can match up very well with Zach Eady. He can match up very well. Trace Jackson Davis. Indiana, they play him on Sunday. I don't know the result of that game yet. Nobody knows the result of that game yet. If they win that game, I'm very confident with our chances going in because then you end up being the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Purdue will be the number one seed. You get a few easy uh, games in there. I think Michigan really has a chance. Doug McDaniel, great guard. Kobe Bufkin, great guard. Terrence Williams, great guard. Michigan, hottest team in the Big Ten right now. Three-game win streak. Highest in the Big Ten right now. So let's see how it goes. I like Michigan to win the Big Ten. Conference tournament, clinch an automatic ticket to the NCAA tournament, where I see them as a 8 seed, 7 seed, maybe a 9 seed. Let's pick the Pac-12. It's going to be Arizona versus UCLA in the final. I don't think Arizona State makes that far in the Pac-12 tournament, even though it'd be interesting if they did. I think UCLA is a very good squad. But I think Arizona wins it for back-to-back years. You want to know why? UCLA has only two conference losses, and they have two losses at a conference, making it four losses in the season. We look deeper into it. They're 2-3 and three against AP Top 25 teams. Arizona's 5-0. Arizona is 5-0 against top 25 teams. I like my chances here. Give me Arizona. Go Wildcats. Win the Pac-12. Let's do the SEC. Alabama, obviously, is a chance. They torched Kentucky earlier in the year. I really like Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M can make it all the way to the final in the SEC tournament, even though they lost in Mississippi State on Saturday. 
I like this squad, though, in Kentucky. Oscar Shibwe, Kaysen Wallace, they're really getting hot at the right time. Jacob Toppin, brother of Obi Toppin, they take down Alabama in the conference tournament championship. Give me Kentucky over Alabama to win the SEC. You can say it's unrealistic, but Kentucky really stacked right now. Even Sister Jean of Loyola Chicago said she thinks Kentucky will win the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're going to win the SEC tournament, punch another automatic ticket. ACC. A lot of good teams ACC is here. Virginia, Notre Dame, Duke, and Miami. The last team I mentioned right there, Miami, they will win the conference tournament against Duke. Two games against Duke this year, one at home. They torched them, one on the road, barely lost. Duke, undefeated at home this year, struggling on the road, a little bit struggles on neutral site. I like Miami over them in a seed tournament championship. Now let's do the biggest, a great conference. UConn at one point in the season was ranked number two. They weren't ranked number two for no reason. Great teams show up in March. Give me UConn winning the Big East. I like this right here. Now, the Big 12. The biggest conference in basketball since the year 2000. Biggest conference in basketball this century. 15 Final Four appearances. Past two national champions. I think they might get their third this year. And that might be Texas. A little bit early pick right there. We're going to have to see that stays March Madness time. But right now, I like Texas to win the Big 12 and to win the Big 12 championship. That's amazing. It's going to be succeeding. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the national championship. Baylor didn't win it, and they still won the national championship. They lost to Oklahoma State. They won the national championship. In Texas, they won it that year, and they lost around one to Abilene Christian. So it's a little bit different right there in college basketball. I love conference tournament time because you play every single day, back-to-backs. I love it. That's about it. Call Troops Madness this week. Leave thoughts and comments. It's March. That means it's mock draft season, everybody. We're about a month and a half away from the NFL draft, the end of April. So excited for that. Let's hop into my NFL mock draft. First five picks, scored sports, mock draft 2.0. We did one about a month ago. So let's hop into it. First pick in the NFL draft. I think the Houston Texans make a trade with the Chicago Bears. They trade to pick one. They don't let anyone else trade to pick one. So they, they probably have to trade next year's first round pick, the year after that, and number two pick to land this year's number one pick. With that number one pick, they do take their franchise quarterback, Bryce Young. There's a lot of concerns about Bryce Young right now, and there's obviously a lot of hope for guys like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. I'm going to say it right here. I don't have either of those quarterbacks in my top five because it's all smoke and mirrors. You see them pull up a film tape. You see them at the combine go off, but then in game time, they aren't so great. Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, you watch that Florida-Kentucky game this year. Neither of them looked like power five quarterbacks in that game, and you want those guys to go number one, go top five? I don't think so. D'Amico Ryans wants a safe bet in his quarterback room. Give me Bryce Young. Safest bet in the series NFL draft. He goes over to the Houston Texans. Now, number two pick, Chicago Bears obviously trade down in my mock draft. They take surefire defense alignment, Jalen Carter. Character issues are there, but Jalen Carter, still a freak of nature. Will Anderson could be the pick right here, but he had a bit of a lackluster season by his standards, in my opinion, last year. When he had a great 2021 season, not a great 2022 season, in my opinion. So number two, Jalen Carter. And number three, the Arizona Cardinals. Give me Will Anderson Jr., defensive end, great player. Number three. Anderson. Number four, it's Indianapolis Colts. They don't take a quarterback. They might trade down. They might trade up. I think they stay put right here. I think they take defensive end Tyree Wilson. I did it last time. Kind of the same argument. Have great defense. You have great cornerbacks. You have great linebackers. You have great defense tackles. Where are the edges at? Tyree Wilson, amazing edge. He goes number four to the Indianapolis Colts. And number five, I'm sticking with that number five pick from last time. It was CJ Stroud last time. It's CJ Stroud again. Geno Smith is a good quarterback, but he's not long-term. He's in there for about another year. It's CJ Stroud. He's a good quarterback, but needs a year on the bench. Did it at Ohio State. Came in the next two years. Had great on-field success. Obviously not a long-term success. Didn't win a playoff game, but he still won a Rose Bowl. Got to a playoff game this year. Lost by one point. CJ Stroud needs a year to sit behind Geno Smith. 
Seahawks need Rod one more year out with Geno Smith, maybe a one-year contract, and then you bring in CJ Stroud. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this pick. Say, oh, Seahawks don't need a quarterback. You really think Geno Smith is long-term? I don't think so. CJ Stroud, perfect pick for you right here. Would you rather have lackluster? Geno Smith can maybe bring you to a playoff game, won't win you one, will win you one, maybe in the first half, not in the whole game. Or you can have CJ Stroud for the next 15 years, have a better version of Russell Wilson, have an amazing pocket passer, have an amazing hyper-athletic passer, and this is coming from a Michigan fan talking about an Ohio State quarterback. That's my from my mock draft. 2.0 squared sports mock draft. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, my spotlight of the week is on the Boston Celtics. It seems like they're great because they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, they have Joe Mazzullo, who everybody loves and I love. Should be coach of the year this year. Great coach. This team looks invincible, but are they really? Because you can still have the rough games in there. You don't have Jalen Brown in a playoff game. What are you going to do? Because you just got smoked by the maybe... Decent New York Knicks on New York without Jalen Brown. Celtics almost lost to the Sixers. Obviously, Joel Embiid had the uh, full court heave that didn't count. Jason Tatum at the buzzer beer. This team looks really great so far, but will they end up being a 2020 Utah Jazz, the number one seed, and then they choke? Or can they ride it out and win the NBA championship? Boston Celtics, let's see if they can get some more consistency, in my opinion, on court. Because record seems great, but also in games, you can light up at times, and then you have to bring yourself back in it. If you can just stick with that same trajectory, I think you're the best team in the NBA. I think you might be the best team in the NBA right now. But let's see how you do with a healthy Phoenix Suns team, a healthy Golden State Warriors team, a healthy Philadelphia 76ers team. I want to see how invincible they are then. I want to see how great they are then. Let's see how it shows. Joe Mazzula, your time. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Let's see how these role players step up. Let's see how it goes with the Boston Celtics for the rest of the season. Do you think they're invincible? Do you think they can just go through the NBA playoffs, sweep a team in the finals? Do you think they're just the best team in the NBA right now? Leave your thoughts on that in the comments. I'm not full of salt right now on the Boston Celtics after that game against the New York Knicks, after a few more games, after seeing the Western Conference, Eastern Conference, healthy teams look like. That's about for my spotlight this week. Now, at the buzzer this week, I'm at the buzzer. It's about... The Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets, the worst team in the NBA right now, could end up with the number one pick if the lottery balls go their way. And obviously, surefire number one pick seems to be Victor Wamanyama. But there is opportunity for Victor Wamanyama to say, I'm from France. I'm not going to Charlotte, North Carolina. That's what Gilbert Arena said. I want to go to Houston, Texas. I want to go to a bigger city than Charlotte, North Carolina. So, I think you have to take Scoo Henderson. Because LaMelo Ball, great guard, but he can be injured. He can also be inconsistent, can't carry a team on his own. If you don't have LaMelo Ball, how are you going to get Victor Wamanyama the ball consistently? How are you going to get him down the paint? How are you going to do all this, all that? It's not going to work out. So that's why you don't get Victor Wamanyama. Scoo Henderson looks like a linebacker, and he's a point guard. He's so good on the court. Could be better than LaMelo Ball. He would be the number one draft pick if this was a regular year. He's going to be better than Anthony Edwards is, in my opinion. That's a good comparison for him right there. But he's going to be better than Anthony Edwards, in my opinion. Scoo Henderson, very good prospect. You just don't hear him about him enough because he didn't play college basketball, and maybe he was too good. For college basketball, in my opinion. Because he's better than Brandon Miller. Better than a few other of these guys in college basketball right now. For these freshmen. So, Scoo Henderson. Great player, in my opinion. Should be Charlotte Hort's choice. At number one overall draft pick. If they do land it. I think that'd be a great deal for years to come. LaMelo Ball. Scoo Henderson. And if LaMelo Ball's hurt for an extended period of time. You have Scoo Henderson step up and lead that squad. That's about for at the buzz this week. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Now, the best last question of the day. This week's question is, will anybody beat John Ross's 40-yard dash record of a 4-2-2? Taekwon Thornton broke it last year. Everyone thought with a 4-2-1. Then it went down to a 4-2-7. Got a little bit unverified right there. So, will anybody officially break John Ross's 40-yard dash record? Henry Ruggs tried it. Couldn't do it. 
Tariq Wollin actually almost broke it last year. was a point off. He had 4.23. So, a lot of great guys come close to Reagan John Ross's 40-yard dash record. Anybody break it this year? Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. And if I'll calm down time, that's about our question this week. That's about for Squared Sports and Lane Frank, episode 113. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram for awesome sports news and updates at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter for sports debates at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back next week, episode 114. Stay tuned.